Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good evening and welcome to Bangor Worldwide 2020 online. I'm standing just beside Picky Fun Park here in Bangor with the distinctive white swans and miniature railway known as the Picky Puffer. The park was built on what was the site of an outdoor swimming pool known as Picky Pool. It was opened in 1931 and had its own 35-foot diving board, with diving displays being performed to sold-out audiences. It was a hub for summer swimmers for many years, but with heated swimming pools becoming the chosen option, the pool finally closed in 1986. Little remains of the original site, but I'm standing in what was a little amphitheatre which was used by the convention for the Sunday afternoon open air meetings. And these meetings ran here until the mid 1990s. We're glad you're able to join us this week for Bangor Worldwide 2020 online. We appreciate that watching online is not the same as being here in person, but we do want to encourage you to enter into the praise and prayer and to allow your horizons to be broadened and your hearts to be moved as you hear about how the good news of God's salvation through Jesus Christ is being proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Hast thou not seen all that is needful? 
Do triumph all virtue confounding Sheddeth his light Chaseth the horrors of night Saints with his mercy surrounding Let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have called men and women out of every nation to be a chosen race, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, that they may declare the praises of him who called them out of darkness into his marvellous light. We pray for those whom you have called to serve you across the barriers of race and language and culture. Give them strength and courage in your service and satisfy their longing to make known the good news of Jesus Christ. When they are in danger, save them from fear. When they are disheartened, be their comfort. When they feel they have failed, show them the cross. Eternal Father, give to us all and all your people grace and courage to proclaim your mighty work in Christ in the crib and on the cross. We confess with shame that we have been slow to fulfill the task of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth and that there are multitudes who have never yet heard of Jesus. Show us, we pray, what you would have us do in the service of your kingdom. Help us in obedience to your call to participate actively in the work of mission. And may all we do, whether in word or deed, be a grateful response to your immeasurable love in the gift of the Lord Jesus, who was lifted up on the cross, that whoever looks on the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And this we ask in his precious and holy name. Amen. 
I absolutely love the week of Bangor Worldwide as we gather together in the mornings to pray together, then the incredible Bible teaching and in the evening as we hear from people, from missionaries right around our world of what God is doing. We're already beginning to pray through and think through and plan for 21 and 22. And you know, it's incredible that this ministry has been going now for, this is the 84th year, but it just doesn't happen. It costs money. And it, for that week, it costs approximately 30,000 pounds to run. And so in thinking through, how do we continue this ministry? How do we realize this vision that started all those years ago? And how do we engage people in mission and keep that profile there? And we would love to invite you to prayerfully consider joining with us to committing to be a friend of Bangor Worldwide. If you would like to commit to giving perhaps five, maybe ten pounds per month to enable us to continue this ministry. But in any commitment, any friendship, there are always two sides and we are going to be committed to you as well. We will send out to you a monthly prayer update of what is happening with the missionaries that we are supporting, enable you to pre-book for special events and our opening nights and pre-book seats. And as a bonus, if you sign up before the 31st of August, we will give you a free copy of this book by Gary Miller, Need to Know. Our heart is to channel money out to the missionaries, to serve these people that are coming, that are speaking, these partners that we have all over the world. Because while we all cannot go, we can give, we can pray, so as we step out in faith and as we plan the next few years, we would love you to join us because we believe as we do take that step and we believe that God will provide through his people, we would ask you to join us in praying that he will and this will continue so as we can pass this baton on to the next generation and the next, that someone is standing here in Ward Park in Bangor in another 85 years talking about what God has done through this ministry. Tonight we travel to Africa for our mission input, which comes from Sam Oriwoth and Ezekiel and Nicola Hatungimana. For the past seven years, Sam has been one of the coordinators for Christianity Explored East Africa. He trains pastors, church leaders, and lay members in evangelism and discipleship using the resources provided by Christianity Explored. The work which began in Uganda has now spread into Burundi, Rwanda, Tanzania, and South Sudan, with Christianity Explored being translated into local languages, opening the message of Mark's gospel to hundreds and thousands of people in some of the remotest parts of East Africa. Ezekiel and Nicola live in Burundi with their two small children, Daniel and Kira. Ezekiel was born and raised in Burundi, but Nicola comes from Donahadi. In 2014, they founded Yada, a local organization with a vision to see communities transformed through the power of God's love. Using various discipleship and development methods, they work with families who live amongst the city's rubbish dumps. 
Following the mission input, we have a short challenge from Gary Muller on the gospel-shaped life from 1 John. Gary served as a PCI minister here in Hamilton Road, Bangor, and then in Hoth and Malahide in North Dublin before taking up his current position as principal of the Queensland Theological College in Brisbane. Tonight, Gary will focus on 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, where we find it through the gospel. Right now, we enjoy Christ's rights and privileges, and one day will reflect his beauty. You might want to have your Bible handy when that time comes. Glory be to God. What a blessed day the Lord has given us in this time and season. I am very grateful for the opportunity given to me as a person and on behalf of Christianity explored in East Africa, I want to say glory and praise be to the name of the Lord. I am Sam Oirot, a coordinator Christianity explored in East Africa based in northern Uganda and I am serving both the Eastern DRC and the West Nile and northern part of Uganda as a coordinator. I am so thankful that today I have been given an opportunity to share my testimony and experience with the bigger family of the Worldwide Missionary Convention. Christianity Explored Ministries has given us hope, life and an opportunity to see that Jesus is alive. Today as I talk, I am very grateful that many, many people, up to almost over a million people, have had an encounter with Jesus through Christianity Explored in East Africa. East Africa ranging from Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, Tanzania, Kenya, South Sudan, and also the Greater Sudan. In this region, we have had the Lord use the ministry of Christianity Explored to impact and bless people's lives in some of the most amazing and powerful uh, ways that can only be given as a testimony. I remember 17 years ago when Jim McCannis introduced Christianity Explored in the hands of Shadrach Lokwago, who is based at Luero. Shadrach Lokwago is our team leader for Christianity Explored in Uganda. And Shadrach Lokwago has been one of those very faithful and consistent person that have worked along with Jim McCandless plus all of us as a team. Shadrach Lokwago introduced me in 2008 when we were recruited at Chiwoko Bible Institute. Chiwoko Bible Institute is a program of Christianity Explored that is basically tailored to help local pastors who have not had a formal education training in theology to be empowered so that they are able to faithfully share the word of God but above all be able to disciple people locally from their various churches so that people are able to get a solid discipleship program that can help them remain firm and faithful in their faith as they walk along with Jesus Christ. So Shadrach, by the year 2008, introduced me to Christianity Explored. And at the end of the day in 2009, I was able to be recruited also and I, being part of the pioneers for Chiwoko Bible Institute, the first lot that were trained at Chiwoko. To date, we can boast of over 300 people men and women that were trained through Chiwoko Bible Institute that gave birth to a revival that today we have seen 
men and women leaders running across all over East Africa, discipling people in some of the most amazing way. Some of these leaders have moved to South Sudan, others have moved to Congo, others have moved to Kenya, others have moved to Rwanda. And we are very grateful for what the Lord is doing through the ministry of Chuoko Bible Institute. And we can be sure that the Lord's faithfulness cannot be downplayed. We see them even in some of the most simple experiences and testimonies people are giving us. We have in northern Uganda, where we have just been in January this year for a training of leaders, the clergy and the lay people. You can imagine a young girl gave a testimony. This young girl is called Fiona. Fiona attended a Bible study run by one of those people that were trained in Christianity Explored Conference a few years ago. And Fiona, her testimony is this. Fiona's mother is HIV positive. Fiona's mother is a prostitute. Fiona's mother was raising and taking care of the family through what they were earning on the street, through prostitution. But when Fiona came for the Bible study program, Fiona decided to give her life to Christ when she heard who Jesus is, why Jesus came, and what Jesus expects of all those who want to truly follow him. And faithfully, she made a decision to follow Jesus. And Fiona said, from now onwards, I, I will never go back into the things my mother was influencing me into. You can imagine a young girl of 17 years being influenced by the mother because of her nature of work and life. This is a girl so tender, being raised by the Lord, who has a dream, who has a future, being drifted because of the lifestyle of the family member. But the decision she made, she said from now on, I will walk with Jesus, I will follow Jesus despite what it takes to follow him. Let me tell you, if that is not God's goodness, what can we say? Through Christian Explored, a life coming to the Lord and making a decision never to go back where they came from. And I was told, she said, she is not going to go back to her lifestyle with her mother. And she would also share the word of God with her mother. This is in northern Uganda. And northern Uganda is one particular place also we see where Bishop Johnson Gakumba is right now. Bishop Johnson Gakumba has been a very good partner with us as Christian to explore. We have run two trainings so far in Northern Uganda. We have trained over 200 leaders in Northern Uganda. Northern Uganda is now currently working on the Vocational Training Institute in the Diocese of Northern Uganda, where Christianity Explored has been welcomed and received wholly to be used as one of the curriculum in the Vocational Training Institute you can clearly see that the Lord is working a lot through the ministry and by the fact that the bishop has embraced Christian Explorer to be used as a tool for the Vocational Training Institute, it even adds more value to the work being done by the clergy and the lay people in the parishes, in the churches. I can tell you even right now they are translating Christian Explorer into the local language of Acholi because they want every single person in the diocese to study the Bible through this ministry because of what they have seen helping their own people. When I talk about Christianity Explored, I cannot fail to talk about the work of Chiwoko Bible Institute that gave birth to all of us. 
Chiwoko Bible Institute, I have already said, over 300 leaders have been trained through Chiwoko Bible Institute, a program funded and supported by friends of Christianity Explored. Chiwoko Bible Arts Institute gave back to Goshen Conference. As I talk right now, the last 17 years, every year there is that conference running. Over 9,000 local leaders and pastors have been trained through Goshen Conference. Because everybody that comes through Goshen Conference must go through Christian Explored, which is a huge blessing for the work we are doing locally and in the different places where our leaders come from that attend the conference. Massive! If that is not God's goodness, for the local leaders to embrace what God is doing through Christian Explored, we clearly can see that the Lord is with us. The way people are receiving the ministry, the way people are using the materials, it gave birth to translation. As I talk right now, we have translated these materials into Luganda, Lunyankole, Alur, where I come from. We are translating it into Lobara, Kakwa, Acholi, local dialect. We have translated it in Swahili, where in Swahili we have now done a print. Over 10,000 copies printed. The first print given to the people in Kenya, others were given to the people in Tanzania. At the moment, we are still continuing with the print because the work in Tanzania, as I talk right now, is growing at a very high level where the bishop and the team in Kagera Diocese needs more of the material in Swahili. Even as I talk right now, we have already done a set of over 4,500 4, for the Tanzanian people. Other prints are still coming. We were delayed a little bit because of what is happening. What a glorious way the Lord is working through Christianity Explored in Kagera Diocese in Tanzania. The, de the demand for material all of a sudden has shot so high that we even need more resources for the printing of these materials in local dialect. And because the work is growing, the work is increasing day and night, we have had people that are working closely together with us. Like I told you in northern Uganda, now, Northern Uganda is not a simple place. These are people that came from the war-torn area where men and women who are growing up began to depend on a handset, what people are donating to them. People became so frustrated, discouraged because of the impact of the war. But when Christianity Explored was introduced, you could see smiles on the faces of people. You could see leaders are willing to work together because we have introduced an opportunity whereby they are not able to gather in many numbers, but they can do the course in a small group. That's why the bishop is so happy to see that these materials are translated in local dialect. So in a way, we see that with the welcome of this program, the Lord is blessing us and allowing his people to receive the gospel in some of the most profound way. We have done over 10,000 copies of uh, the local print in Luganda, which were distributed and used. We have done over 7,000 copies in Chirundi. We have done over 1,000 leaders guide for the Kenya Rwanda. We are yet to print the 10,000 copies for the study guide in Kenya Rwanda and then at the moment, we have also done so far uh, a print in Discipleship Explored. We have the Universal Christianity Explored. We have done the print for Chiwoko Nursing School that they have used. And of course, plus many other materials, we have done the print. Particularly, I am encouraged by what the Lord has done 
through the trainings of lay readers. In Nebi, we trained over 300 lay readers. In Kenya, we trained over uh, 250 lay readers. In Tanzania, we have trained over 250 lay readers. In Rwanda, we have trained over 150 lay readers. And then in Luero Diocese, we have trained over 200 lay readers, inclusive of the clergy. Central Uganda, generally, where Shadrach Lokwago uh, is based, they have done more trainings for pastors and leaders. And part of these leaders are also included in the leadership that attends KBI. I think over 200 leaders were also trained. And the Lord has been so good to us in a way. I cannot say everything has been good. What we go through in the journeys of Christianity Explored is a lot. Number one, we have had journeys where our cars broke down on the road. I remember Jim McCandless going down under the car as we traveled from Nebi to the diocese to the prayer mountain. I remember when we were traveling from Kampala to northern Uganda for a training, the car broke down to the point that we had to call for another car from Luero. And the other one was stopped and could not continue with the journey. I remember when the team was traveling to Kasese, beaten by rain, and the materials they were carrying were on top of the van. These are difficult moments for us. I remember when a training was held in Nebi, and because the package material that were carried, they were short of the numbers that were needed, and part of the materials were not the right one. I can imagine what the leadership team went through. These are challenges to do with print when you're supposed to produce materials on time because of the high demand. The challenges with the printeries, the team that are delaying us. These are all issues that are very stressful. These are all issues that are very difficult to deal with. Challenges with demands of materials locally in the local languages, yet we have the materials in English. These are all challenges that needs us to receive your prayers so that we are able to faithfully deliver what God expects of us. But in all this, the Lord kept us together. We are working and walking together. And we have seen the Lord bless the lives of many thousands and hundreds of thousands of people because of his faithfulness to us. To speak about the revival in Christianity Explored in East Africa, let me say something about the missionary journey I did. In 2014, I was able to do a missionary journey all the way from Navy, where I'm coming from. I moved to Tanzania in Kagera Diocese. I crossed the border to Bujumbura in uh, Burundi. I was able to move from Burundi to Bokavu in Congo. From Bokavu in Congo, I came to Changugu Diocese, where Christianity Explorer established a very great base in Changugu, together with Bishop Nathan. And right now, he's moved to... Uh, Chigali diocese. But because of what the Lord is doing, I was able to move in all these places and monitor and see what God is doing through Christian Explorer. And I came back to Uganda. And as I talk right now, God has blessed many people. I saw God uniting leaders because of the ministry. I saw God gathering people to work together. I saw God providing even resources for us. And many people, we even got more partners through Jima Cannons, through Christianity Explored Ministries International, through Bango, through the church, 
individuals that have supported us. We have Brian McDowell, who has always come to East Africa with Jim. We have Craig Deer, who has come to East Africa teaching our people. We have Reverend Dr. Stephen, who has always been coming because of what they are seeing the Lord is doing. They want to hold our hand. They want to walk and work together with us to bless the people locally here. We have seen the church where Jim is coming from, supporting us always, supporting the work we are doing. Even right now, as I talk, Fields of Life is our partner, Scripture Union is our partner, and Scripture Union has taken it up and they've moved to another level altogether. Scripture Union is beginning another kind of ministry like KBI, which is Chiwoko Bible Institute, to train leaders right now from Congo, from South Sudan and West Nile. We are calling it Arua Bible Institute, being headed by Joshua Angoyo, who is a Scripture Union leader in Marian West Nile region. What a glorious way we are seeing the Lord blessing us because of what God is doing through the ministry. I'm very grateful that the Lord is watching what we are doing. The Lord is listening to our cry. And they also pray, wherever you are, come and walk along with us. Wherever you are, join us. If you can't come to East Africa, you can support what we are doing. You can encourage the leaders coming. I am sure the name of the Lord shall surely be praised. As I wind up, let me say something about Jim. Jim is a kind of a person who is a friend to everybody. That's why he has invited all these missionaries that keeps coming with him to East Africa. Jim, because of who he is, we are able to have people like Sama Saleh in Kenya, who is our local coordinator, Chadrak Lokwago, who is heading us in Uganda, Dr. David Fugoyo, who heads our work in South Sudan and Sudan. We have people uh, in Rwanda, in Burundi, in Tanzania, because of who Jim is, he's a very friendly man. So he has amassed all these people, they have come together to rally around him. And Jim is a giver. I can tell you, because of his giving nature, like Christ, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. That, you know, Jim is a giver. He reflects the example of God himself. Because God gave, today people are able to go back to God. And because Jim has a giving nature, we are all giving back into the ministry. Because people are coming, people are coming, partners are coming, individuals are willing to give their time, people are willing to translate the materials for us. And you know, and Jim is a very simple and composed leader. Is a honest person, very humble, and Jim is a man who is willing to walk a holy life. How I pray that because of the standard he has set for us, many of us are way down here, but because of the standard he has set for us, we are all following him and we are able to, to follow him as he follows Christ. That we know one day through his leadership, the ministry of Christianity explored will always remain to give glory to God. As we talk right now, many people have come to know the Lord and over a million people, as I said, are still willing to follow the Lord in East Africa. May the name of the Lord be glorified. And I pray you will join us to serve the Lord together within East Africa. And I invite you as, you, as I talk to you right now, as an individual, if the Lord has touched you, join us in East Africa and we serve the Lord together. 
May God bless you and make his face to shine upon you. And may the Lord remember you in your most difficult moment and time, even in this season as we go through this pandemic. I pray that he will remember you and remember your ministry, remember your work, remember your business. And the Lord will always walk along with you in this season. I remain Samo Iroth. I love you all.
Good evening, everyone. My name is Lorraine, and I'm part of the committee here in Bangor Worldwide. And it's absolutely fantastic that we're able to link in this evening to Nicola and Ezekiel all the way over in Burundi. And they're going to share with us about their ministry, what God is doing in that nation. So first of all, I'm going to pray for them, and then I'm handing over to them to take it from there. Father, we want to say thank you for this amazing opportunity. And we know in an ideal world, we would love Nicola and Ezekiel to be here. We thank you for their ministry. We thank you for how you're using them in Burundi and for this wonderful ministry, reaching the people there with the love of Jesus. So, Father, we give them to you and we pray that you will open our hearts to what they have to say. Challenge us, inspire us today as to what you are doing in that nation. So, Lord, be with us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hi, everyone. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, greetings from the heart of East Africa. Uh, it's Burundi. We are based in East African community. Uh, my name is Ezekiel Hatungimana. I'm married to Nicola Hatungimana. I am Burundian, originally from Burundi. Sometimes I may think I am from Donakdi because I know very well how to order chips and fish. But my son will remind me, Papa, you are from Burundi, not Donakdi. So I'm from Burundi. I met Nicola in 2014. So uh, from 2010, I uh, have met and we got married uh, 2014. So I grew up in a family of five children, uh, siblings, and two parents. But African homes, they are always open for anybody who is looking where to stay. There was a time there we were more than 10, between 10 and 15 children at the same time. So feeding us was like putting a ball together between the, it was like a, a team, football team. And my dad is a minister, so which has helped us to learn how God, to serve God and to listen to his voice. And also to see how my father was engaging himself, the faith he has toward God. He would often come say, my God told me this. And tomorrow morning I am going where he's saying, where he's telling me to do. Well, that is so fast. He told you last night and you are going. So we have learned how to respond to God's call. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom was doing small businesses, such as like cultivating rice, which actually has given me a very good connection of meeting the other community in the year of 2000. So I get to know them from that state, that early age. Ah, uh, thank you. So Nicola can say how he landed in Burundi first. <laughs> there was before any corona, <laughs> so everybody were flying. Uh, yes, so I have been in Burundi for eight years. Um, I first came to do some discipleship training in 2010, and Ezekiel was part of that group but I don't remember him from then. I stood out, you didn't. <laughs> then we met in 2012 when I moved here and we were both working for an organization and um, we were working on a dental team mission, actually. And Ezekiel was heading up the Burundi team and I was heading up the um, Mzungu team, which is white people. Um, and so, yeah, we became connected then. It was an interesting journey, uh, one that neither of us expected to take. Uh, but God's been very faithful to us. And here we are. We have yeah. two lovely children wh who may or may not interrupt this 
session. Uh, Daniel, who's five and a half, and Kira, who's just turned four. So they are such a blessing. And yeah, Ezekiel mentioned our surname is Hatungimana, and that means God provides. And that has definitely been the testimony in our lives. So Imana is God in Kirindi. And is much better is God provides. So that's just a little piece of information. Yeah, as uh, I state, in terms of uh, growing in the family of Christian families, where my dad was a minister, we have learned a lot of things. Many things I have learned was how God speaks. So we know that we believe God who can speak. When God speaks to us, there was no any surprise. We knew like God speaks because I have seen my dad saying that God is speaking to him. So God spoke to me there when I was, that was 2014, telling us, I was listening to a sermon talks about Yada. The preacher was talking about the pursuit lady, the way he was approaching God, approaching Jesus, knowing him and being known by him. And I was like, God, what do you mean about Yada engaging Yada or Yada in my heart? What was, I want people to know me and also know that I know them. In this community was actually, sound as like Chinese or like a, an, an, a foreign language to them. When he said that God knows you, God loves you. Because like, how does it come? Does he know us? And with all these issues, now you need to know him. So once you know him, we recognize that God knows you already before even we were born. So we start Yada as a journey of leading people to know God and to know that, to be known by him. And so when God speaks about starting Yada, the question was, God, where do we start? There is a lot of needs. And the good thing was that I grew up near in that community. I saw my dad working my hand, working in the community since I was 15 years, so I knew them. I was like, God, I know there are a lot of needs. Where can we start? So this is all starting with the Christmas. Most of the people, they know that, especially like in the West, Christmas is like something very special. For these families, there was no special thing. Christmas looks as the same. So we did a blessing to them and we feed them. <clears throat> Things start from there. Yeah, so I think it was just, a, or, I don't know, about a week before Christmas. And we were actually due to go to the UK in a few weeks to go home and have Daniel. And Ezekiel came home and said, we need to do a Christmas party for um, this community, but I don't want you to share it with anyone. I need to see if this really is what God's calling us to. And I feel like we can't share it with anyone. Let's see if God provides. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe two days later, we had a phone call from a friend to say that there was a, an older couple who had lived in Burundi for many years, and they had called her and said, is there anything that we could support this Christmas? And she said, uh, let me just contact some friends and find out. And so that is how we did our Christmas party. And it's really encouraged us in times of um, discouragement to remember that. Um, so we did that, and then when we came back, after having Daniel, um, Ezekiel went into the community and asked the community leaders and talked with people, you know, what is your need? What is the biggest need in this community? And they unanimously said education. 
Um, there was no children really going to school. None of their parents was educated. The schools weren't even accepting them because they presumed they wouldn't remain in the school, that they didn't have any intelligence at all. And so a cousin of Ezekiel's was in his final year of um, teaching training at university and he came alongside us and he went with Ezekiel and visited the schools and said, we're gonna register these kids we need you to take them. Um, and then uh, when the children weren't at school, because in Burundi, you go to school age seven and you either go in the morning or you go in the afternoon. So in order to help them get up to the level of where they needed to be and just to do their homework and everything with them, we began a tuition program where they came to us when they weren't in school. And Vidas, our teacher, worked for one year without any salary um, to help these kids get up. And he still works with us today. So that was, that was how we started. And that slowly grew into a child sponsorship program. Um, uh, doing tuition program and giving college were responding to the, uh, the needs of the community. Because before engaging all those interventions, we asked this question why kids are dropping out so much. We went to all schools based in our locality and went to administration. Why do you think children are dropping out? Our first uh, answer was that they don't have school materials. By September, they don't have anything. They are not ready, so they don't go. Second thing was they are so hungry. They eat once in three days. So that is hard for them to focus. The third thing which was so terrible was that there is a rubbish dump that is attracting them. So when kids are dropping school, they go in that rubbish dump, they dig. They can find a bread who has been spent there for two weeks, smelling, they eat it. They can find like a bottle what, what, uh, like from water or a kind of oil. So they sell them, they get some money. When they get some money, they can buy sweet potatoes, which can like a big cup of water, they feed their, food, their stomach are full. So now they see those who are going to school losing their time. When the other one comes from school, come in the community, he will see someone else having bread or sweet potatoes. He will ask, please, can you share? No, I don't share with you. If you need it, come tomorrow with me to dig in the rubbish dump. This is how this rubbish dump was actually attracting many children more than how school was doing. So think about uh, intervening in this situation. We had to think what else do we have any kind of food that can attract children? Because they don't hear about long-term vision. Once we study, we reach this far. You know, they are struggling to figure out about the future for one week. They, don't, they can't even hear about things in years to come. So we start to offer them college. And we hear about other families. They are not educated. They can't read. They can't help anything. So this is where tuition came. Because these children were coming from school with homework and coming at home where any Non-parent is educated, so they could not get any help. So this is where this teacher was offering to do one year for free. He was doing tuition, going through the materials, help them to catch what they have missed, and give them porridge. It has been a very good practice, and that has attracted more than 65 children come back from the rubbish to the school. And the, what we have learned in that situation was that when we firstly start, we had children like 14 years old, 15 years old from the rubbish. Remember, someone has spent five years in rubbish, digging, of course, he has got some few money 
to buy chips, to buy something that he needs immediately today. Now taking that child from the rubbish and trying to change his mindset about focusing on the long-term goals of future, it was so hard. And we saw other children from three years old and between three and four, they start to go to beg in town. That is the age where parents carry them and take them in the buses in the market to beg. So we were like this. It is hard to change the mindset of someone who has been rubbish more than five years. But it's more easy to help someone who never first been, who has been there for weeks or months. So let's start to do something for these children that are between three and four years old. We have a proverb in my local language, which is Kirundi, says, if you want to shape a tree, better you start when it's still small. But when the tree has grown up, you cannot shape the way you want. But when it's small, you can say, okay, let me make it as like a triangle. You shape the way you want because it's still small. This was giving us the confidence of investing in these children. So we start preschool program, which was not easy. Starting from three to four years, we have to give them college. We have to show them some good things about school. Our teacher was the best, hugging them, showing them care that they could have. So staying with us three to four years before they start public school, government school, which you have to be seven years to start it. Okay. Um, and of course, alongside that, what we had to do was really educate the parents on the importance of education. Um, and that has, been, that has been a big upward struggle because they can only think about today. They can only think about how do I feed my family today? They can only think about using their children to help them get something to eat. And, you know, we can't judge them for that, that I can understand the need to want to feed your children. And so we've tried to work really hard with them to say, look, this is where they could be in five to 10 years. We have, at the moment, we have four children in secondary school, and that is the first in that community ever that there has been secondary school. Um, children and we've heard this week that one of those kids has been invited to take an exam that could promote him into a better school. He's one of the five best schools at his school. Yeah, five best kids. Yeah, so that's really exciting and the teacher's so encouraged by that. So we really pray that he passes that exam. His um, name is Alex. He's trying to pray for him. Alex, yeah. Um, and so, yes, so alongside the kids work and the family work, then we have a real desire to do discipleship. You know, whenever you're working in community work, there's always this tension between helping socially, but also bringing the gospel. And so um, we, have, we have tried different things. We've, we've got a lot of things wrong. We've got some things right, but we, we just keep trying. Um, we've had a great women's Bible study group. Um, the men's group has been more challenging. Um, the, the kids club, we've been able to share the gospel alongside practical things like hygiene. Um, and there's still, I mean, there's just so much to be done. Um, but it's really encouraging just hearing the small steps that people are taking towards living um, out the gospel in their lives. And, you know, I've sat with these women and they have shared that in tears saying, I went yesterday and I stole food from my neighbor's house because I haven't eaten in four days. And, you know, and I've, I've sat there and wept with them. Um, I don't judge them because 
I'm a mum, you know, I can't say what, that I wouldn't go and steal something from, from my kids. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're really thankful um, that we have this opportunity to share who Jesus is. You know, a lot of, a lot of people in this community are, are engaging in witchcraft as well because they think that that is a way to help them and their family. And we, have a, we still have a lot of work to do with, with that. But God is leading us. Um, we've gone very slowly. We've got a lot of trust in the community. Um, they know we're there for the long term and they know we love them and um, we do various trainings that they ask the parents have asked us to do marriage courses they've asked us to help them with finances various different projects so what does the future look like as you feel uh the future is that we by god's grace want to see those families being empowered being able to get what we are providing today so we need to equip them with different techniques, uh, trainings like uh, beading, making soap, sewing, that they will, get, they will be able to get their income. So instead of the other paying school fees, medical fees at 100%, families will start to pay 20%, 10, 20. So by the time of, we don't know, we can't say exactly the time, but our wish is that families will be able to provide the needs of their children. And that's the side of empowering families. On the side of the education, we want to see those children that start the preschool program, finishing secondary school, being equipped, being assisted, giving them what they need to start their real life. So by doing that, they will be able to support their youngest, their siblings, whom will not be supported by the other. And we, we see 10 years, more than 10 years, like we see these families being empowered to meet their, their needs. And we see these students whom have been investing in them they have techniques, skills that can enable them to get daily income and also that they will have this willingness of supporting the community members so it becomes sustainable for the next generation. So there we have Nicholas, we have Ezekiel in the community that will be doing what we have been doing for almost five years now. Thank you. Yeah, and, and we really want as well to empower these people to be running their own Bible studies and not just being led by us. So I just want to finish with a verse um, from Isaiah that um, God has really been speaking to us through. Um, so let me just read it quickly uh, from Isaiah 61, verse 3. To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty, instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I would ask that you would pray with us through this verse. You know, these, this community is physically, literally surrounded by ashes. When the rubbish is burned up, it's ash. You go in, you, the smell is putrid, um, and that's what they're living amongst. And our deepest desire, our heart's cry, is to see a crown of beauty bestowed upon them and to see the oil of gladness. They live in utter despair and hopelessness. Mourning is a part 
of their everyday life. We have sat with parents as they have lost children to HIV, as their spouses have died, as they live in crisis and chaos. But we know that God is good and we know that he can bestow a crown of beauty on them. And so we would love if you would pray with us and for us as a family as we continue in Burundi in our work. If, if God is calling you to, to partner with us in prayer or um, helping us financially, we live on support. Um, Yada is totally dependent on, on people's giving and, and faith gifts. Um, and so I know that there will be a website address that comes up at the end of that. Um, and I will give you my personal email address if you'd like to get our prayer letters. We'd love people um, to be receiving those and praying with us. Um, from next summer, we'd love to be inviting teams out um, to visit us here and, and get involved in what we're doing. So We love to have you here. We have chips and fish. <laughs> yeah, we do. We live beside Lake Tanganyika and it's got the best fish. Mukeke. So Ezekiel is going to finish by praying in Kurindi for all of who's been involved in the, in the worldwide Bangor Worldwide Mission. <laughs> So far, it's been a real blessing to us when we've been back uh, in various years to attend it, and um, it's very it looks very different this year. And we're really sad not to be there physically, um, but it's been great to to do this video and to link this way. So thank you for listening to us, and um, yeah. Like tugushimiye kubwa bavukanye dufise mu mahanga muri Rangino turaheza giye turaheza giye abantu bose bari muri komite batebura kimwe gikogwa mana ngo bahumugisha mu izira yawe turasengene ibyango yose mu mana ukino giye ca coronavirus bagikuremo akajyo ko gukura mu kwizera no kwizigira ko ari wewe nyine bihe ari wowe uzikaza kacu turagushimiye dusenga bazokumva iyi video bazokumva inyigishose zihari ubuzima bwa buzohinduke mana abantu bita umuhamagaro wawe abantu bakore ico bifuza kubakora tubisenze mu izina ya Yesu Kristo amen 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 John's first letter is all about what it means to live a gospel shaped life to live wholeheartedly for the Lord Jesus with integrity and commitment we've seen that that starts with not pretending that we're sinless but consistently and continually running to the Lord Jesus, uh, the one who is faithful, um, the one who brings us forgiveness of sin. Uh, then we've also seen that it involves facing the fact that, that for all of us, we have a battle with a many-headed monster that John calls the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life. And then we need to remember that the Father loves us, has set us free from that, and that the world and all of its desires pass away. Keeping that in mind, we'll enable us to live for the Lord Jesus. Now we move on to just a stunning statement at the start of chapter 3 of 1 John, where John says this in 1 John 3, 1 to 2. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when we when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. These words are breathtaking. 
Have you ever felt like you're a fraud? Like you really shouldn't be where you are and you're about to be found out? That's happened to me regularly over the years. Uh, I felt a bit like that. I remember when uh, I ended up watching um, a test match with a former England captain from his box at Lords. I felt like that the first time I had a book published. Um, I felt like that the first time I met my in-laws. Do you know the feeling? That the truth is about to be exposed and you'll be kicked out? Do you ever feel like that when it comes to the Lord Jesus? Do you know the sneaking, nagging fear that that one day, probably sooner rather than later, your cover will be blown and you'll be publicly shamed and banished from the kingdom of the Lord Jesus? Jesus says, don't fear. Because our status in the Lord Jesus Christ is not a fiction. We really have been born of him, united to him. Because of that, we really are children of God. And that means that incredibly, we get to enjoy what is actually the Lord Jesus's by right. Because we really are children of God. Because we really have been born of Christ. You see, this is actually, if anything, even bigger than the New Testament idea of adoption. John Piper really helpfully writes this. When John writes about our becoming children of God, he's thinking in terms of something more profound than adoption. He's thinking of new, new birth. There's no human analogy to this. If I find a child and want to take him into my home, I cannot cause the child to be born again. I take him and I love him with the personality and temperament that he has from his biological parents. I influence with love, but I do not get into the very nature of his person and change it. But God does. Then listen to this. The love that John has in view here in 1 John 3 verse 1 is not the love that merely takes care of paperwork and adopts. That would be amazing beyond words, to be adopted into God's family. And Paul does describe it this way. But John sees more. God does not adopt. He moves in by his spirit, his seed, John calls it, and imparts something of himself to us so that we take on a family resemblance. And that means, if I can say this with trepidation, that we get to enjoy all that is Christ's by right. When my dad retired uh, many years ago, he bought a cottage overlooking the North Atlantic up um, near, near Ballantoy. It's one of my favourite places on the planet. Don't get to visit it much now. But, but even now, when we do, when we, when we turn off the main, kind of, the main road to Portrush at Balamoni, I, I can actually feel myself physically relaxing. The air is cleaner up there. The, I feel like the view is better. The beds are comfier than anywhere else on earth. Now, why do I love that place so much? Well, it's partly because it's ours. It's, it's not like a rental. It's not a, a holiday let. Uh, we're not stressing about cleaning it at the end or what would happen if we accidentally broke something. Uh, and, and we don't have to pay anyone for it because it actually belongs to our family. Because I'm my father's son, I can go there and relax and enjoy it by right. And incredibly, that's what John says about our status in the Lord Jesus. We are children of God right now. Right now, we get to bask in the love that the Father has lavished on us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We actually get to share in the love that the Father has with the Son. This is who we are by right because we've been born of Christ. It's astonishing. And yes, the full extent of what has happened to us in Christ can't be seen yet. But make no mistake, 
we've been given a whole new identity in Christ which changes everything and introduces us to a world of privilege that we could only dream of. Incidentally, John says at the end of verse 1 that this explains why people don't get us. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. See, to be misunderstood is a family thing. Our life now revolves around delighting in life with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father and the Spirit. And people outside this family don't get it. We seem as weird as a family who insists on doing bizarre things like eating together around the table without the TV and attempting to moderate internet access for the kids and following Jesus. See, the gap in comprehension is big and it's only going to get bigger. For not only do we get to enjoy Christ's rights and privileges as children of God, but according to 3 verse 2, we will actually reflect Christ's beauty. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. A day is coming when we shall be like the Lord Jesus, which we will apparently realize because of the accompanying ability to see Christ clearly, to take in more of the overwhelming totality of his attractiveness we'll be able to see Jesus. Just think about that for a second. We'll be able to see and grasp and delight in the limitlessness, limitless attractiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ like never before. I do suspect it's one of the limitations of our generation that we don't spend enough time thinking about contemplating the beauty and majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. I suspect we're too busy trying to cope with the pressures of living online and trying to come up with strategies to survive the rise of secularism, to spend enough time thinking slowly and deeply about anything much, but particularly the excellencies of Jesus. That's why I think voices from past generations are so important for us to hear just now. If you want to think about what it might be like to spend eternity seeing and savouring the beauty of Jesus, few people capture his incredible, tender, delightful complexity better than John Edwards, the American preacher from the 18th century. In a sermon called The Excellency of Christ, preached in 1734, sometimes known as the admirable conjunction of divine excellencies in Jesus Christ, Edwards writes this, and here in the Lord Jesus is not only infinite strength and infinite worthiness, but infinite condescension and love and mercy, as great as power and dignity. If you're a poor, distressed sinner whose heart is ready to sink for fear that God will never have mercy on you, you need not be afraid to go to Christ, for fear that he's either unable or unwilling to help you. For here is a strong foundation and an inexhaustible treasure to answer the, to answer the necessities of your poor soul. And here is infinite grace and gentleness to invite and embolden a poor, unworthy, fearful soul to come to it. If Christ accepts you, you need not fear, but that you will be safe, for he is a strong lion for your defence. And if you come, you need not fear, but that you shall be accepted. For he is like a lamb to all who comes to him and receives them with infinite grace and tenderness. It's true that he's awful majesty. He is a great God and he is infinitely high above you. But there is this to encourage and embolden the poor sinner. That Christ is man as well as God. He's a creature as well as a creator. And he is the most humble and lowly in heart of any creature in heaven and on earth. 
This may well make the poor unworthy creature bold in coming to him. You need not hesitate one moment. You may run to him and cast yourself upon him. You'll certainly be meekly and graciously received by him. This is Jesus Christ in all his beauty. This is the beauty that we'll one day see. And notice that for John, it's only part of it. For the really amazing thing is that one day we will actually reflect this moral, personal, complex beauty. We'll be like him. One day, we'll reflect the beauty of the Lord Jesus. I've got to say that over the last years, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the fact that one day I'll reflect Jesus' beauty. But one of the perils of Australia has helped me think through this. Twice in the past uh, 18 months, I've had to have surgery for skin cancer. I had to walk around with bandages on my nose and my head, on my face. It does make one a little more self-conscious. But people who are looking at me now and are not bowled away by my beauty, whether I've just had skin cancer or not, one day will be. That the scars on my face or a band-aid or um, just my natural beauty may not cause people to gasp in amazement, perhaps in horror. But one day when people see me, they won't see scars, they won't see asymmetry, they won't see imperfections. They'll see the beauty of the Lord Jesus. It's incredible. As I'm transformed into a flawless Christ-like version of myself, surely somehow retaining the uniqueness of my personality and character, yet with every rough edge, every weakness, every dark note of pretense, every trace of envy, every trace of competitiveness, every trace of sin removed. Imagine for a moment the joy in meeting each other in the new creation. Just imagine that. Bumping into people we've known for our whole lives saying, there's something different about you. You look remarkably like the Lord Jesus. In fact, you look beautiful. How good that will be. And how good will it be to know that we are like that because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how good it is to know that that transformation actually starts now. John writes, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. Because that is who we are. Beloved, we are God's children now. But what we will be is not yet being made known. When he appears, we'll be like him. And we shall see him as he is. That prospect should help us to live a gospel-shaped life right now. My love is often cold. Be my 
Thank you for tuning in to Bangor Worldwide 2020 online. We encourage you to join us again tomorrow for the morning Bible study with Gary Miller, which begins at 11.30. More details of what is happening throughout the day can be found on the website, which is www.worldwide2020.org. But before you go, we'd like you to watch this little video which explains how you can give to the various missionaries and mission agencies which Bangor Worldwide supports. This year, we need your help more than ever since we're not able to take up our offerings in the usual way. So please watch the little video which you can look at again later on, which will explain the different ways in which you can give to Bangor Worldwide. Thank you for watching tonight.
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.